Hello everyone and welcome to Dungeons Dragons and Dives. I'm your Dungeon Master, Michael Bradley. For those of you just joining us, welcome. And for those of you who have been listening, welcome back. Due to some audio quality issues in the first chapter, we've decided to record this special episode, which is a recap of chapter one of our first campaign. Uh, if you tried to listen to the first few episodes but couldn't get past the audio issues, then this recap is for you. The audio quality drastically improves by episode 6, so you can jump out of this recap when we reach episode 6 if you'd like to listen to the proper episodes from there on. I've split this recap into episodes so you can do just that. If you have heard chapter 1 before, there is no new information in this, but it should be a fun refresher of the first part of our adventure. Now thank you all for listening, and enjoy chapter 1 of Dungeons, Dragons, and Dives. Episode 1. Our story begins... <clears throat> sorry. <clears throat> Our story begins... On the road to the village of Maple Brook in the back of a hired cart. We meet our heroes, Sir Hagendaz, a gnomish wizard who until recently lived in a literal bush on the side of the road. Craig, a human sorcerer famed for using his magical prowess to enhance his musical performances. Much like a bard, but much more convoluted from a narrative perspective and Clay, the half-orc blacksmith-turned-fighter and the hired muscle of the team. Answering a vague notice asking for help, our heroes banded together to save the small village. Due to heavy rain turning the roads into an impassable tract of mud, the party decides to continue on foot to Maple Brook. Rounding a bend, they discover another heavily laden cart stuck in the muck, with its driver being set upon by a group of anthropomorphic frog creatures they would come to learn are called Bullywugs. After an entirely unsubtle attempted at diplomacy by Craig, the Bullywugs turn their attention to the party and attack. Episode 2. The party leaps into action. Clay throws their hand axes and wields a great hammer. Sir Hagendaz launches an assault of noxious gas, choking and poisoning the creatures. Craig attempts to confuse the Bullywugs by disguising himself as one of their own. After a bloody battle, their first of many, the party defeats the marauding Bullywugs, save for their leader, a one-eyed Bullywug who managed to leap away into the forest before the fight broke out. The party rescues the cart's driver, a gruff human man named Silas, the craftsman of Maple Brook. After getting off on the wrong foot thanks to Craig's Bullywug disguise, the party helps Silas carry his wares back to town. The party finally makes it to Maple Brook, a lovely, quaint village surrounded on all sides by a lush maple swamp. The village feels calm and welcoming, so much so that the normally quiet Clay remarks that it feels like home. Silas leads the party back to his workshop in the village square and invites them in. The party inquires about the notice they received and Silas is quizzical. I don't know anything about a notice, but if there's one person who would know, it's the mayor. He describes the mayor as a man that you would know when you see him. Craig asks Silas to borrow his front porch and the party leaves. In an attempt to gather a crowd, but mostly for vanity, Craig pulls out his melodica and serenades the town square with an original song entitled Friends after his favorite spell. that in no way resembles the theme song of the popular mid-90s sitcom of the same name. The performance is met with uproarious cheers from everyone in the square, including a very small boy who gives Craig a tip in the form of a button from his pocket. A rosy-cheeked, rotund human man wearing a bright red suit with tails 
pushes himself to the front of the crowd and introduces himself. My name is Wendell Greenwood, and I am the mayor of Maplebrook. Welcome to our fair village, my friends. The party explains that they're here answering a notice for help. He is at first surprised that someone answered his call, but he soon becomes grave. He drops his voice low and leads the party to the meeting house to tell them the details in private. Episode 3 Inside the meeting house, the mayor tells the party the troubling truth of why they are here. Children have been going missing from the town. Over the last few weeks, three children have disappeared without a trace. The mayor expresses concern that the bullywugs may have something to do with it, though in the past they've had peaceable relations. The party dismisses this thought, instead suspecting Silas, due to his suspicious behavior when asked about what went missing from his cart during the bullywug attack, and his subsequent dodging of any questions about it. The mayor offers them a complimentary room in the inn so they can start fresh in the morning. After a good night's sleep, the party is met again by the mayor in a much more disheveled state than the previous day. He reveals to the party that another child went missing in the night, a young boy named Caleb. The same young boy from Craig's performance the afternoon before. With reluctance, Caleb's mother Gwen gives the party permission to search Caleb's room, which reveals no solid clues other than a single piece of straw in Caleb's bed, and a wooden sword he used to use when he played with a young bullywug boy in the forest. The party investigates Silas and manages to find out that he knows nothing about the missing kids and was being cagey because of a valuable wrench that was stolen from him during the bullywug attack. Having exhausted their leads in town, the party heads down the small trade road through the swamp to the bullywug village. As the heroes walk on the soft dirt of the long swamp road, they begin to hear strange noises like the sound of pebbles clacking together, echoing through the trees around them. Upon responding to the strange noise, small creatures begin to appear in the swamp around them. These tiny beings, made of stone and twigs, playfully chitter and click at the party. But before long, the fun is interrupted when a party of bullywugs astride giant frogs leap in to ambush the party. Eager to avoid a fight, Sir Hagendaz manages to convince the Bullywugs that they mean no harm and produces Caleb's toy sword as a show of peace. Recognizing this sword, the Bullywugs lower their weapons and escort the party to their village. The party arrives in the primitive, muddy Bullywug village and are escorted through to a large fire pit where they are asked to kneel. The ground begins to quake slightly as a massive bullywug, easily over eight feet tall, emerges from the king's hut and takes the throne in front of the party. Welcome to my kingdom! Episode 4 The bullywug king, Amphibious I, wears a makeshift crown and wields a large bladed scepter covered in filthy baubles. Around his neck hangs an immaculate red gem pendant on a golden chain. He expresses his joy at seeing new visitors to his illustrious kingdom, offering them a grand tour. When questioned about the missing children, he appears to have no knowledge of what they are talking about. At least none that he is revealing freely. The party takes the tour, eventually splitting off to investigate around the village. Clay and Sir Hagendaz branch off and meet another large bullywug who is busy tending to the village's pig pen. 
he reveals that not too long ago he was the king of this tribe, and Amphibious was actually the pig tender. He remarks that he has been trying to uplift the Bullywugs, turning them away from their backwards culture and their roguish inclinations. He was making progress when suddenly the old pig tender returned, having grown overnight into the monstrous size he is now. Due to the backwards culture of the Bullywugs, the largest person in the tribe is the leader, so the king was quickly ousted in favor of Amphibious. In his own separate investigation, Craig discovers that there is a large shrine in a cave in the rear of the village that has been mysteriously made off-limits to everyone, including Bullywug citizens. Using a spell to disguise himself as a Bullywug and charm the guards, Craig is allowed access into the Forbidden Cave. Inside, he discovers two paths. Down the right path, he finds a semi-flooded cavern leading into a small thieves' den. In this room, he discovers a large black metal wrench, the wrench stolen from Silas in the attack on his cart. Down the left path, Craig discovers a cavern with a massive statue of a frog with a gaping mouth and a banquet table covered in rotten food. On the table, Craig discovers what appears to be a pristine apple carved with intricate runic symbols. He chucks the apple into the statue's mouth, setting off a mechanism that causes the statue to lower into the floor, revealing a hidden passageway into the mountain. Craig scrambles out of the cave and grabs Clay and Sir Hagendaz to explore the secret depths of the Bullywug Shrine. Episode 5 The party enters the passage behind the statue and begins their exploration into the mountain's depths. They find a barred door on their left and the path through the small antechamber to their right. Unable to tackle the door, they opt to explore the other route. In this chamber, they are beset upon by animated suits of armor hiding among the ornamental armor sets around the chamber. Craig assists in the fight by managing to rust some bits of armor to slow their reactions, while Clay handily blows them to pieces with their warhammer. Continuing down the path, the party reaches a library full of books on anatomy and magical creatures. But before they manage to investigate them further, the books all begin to magically unwrite themselves until every scrap of paper left in this room is completely blank. Moving forward from this, the party encounters a large room with prison cells that hold a grim sight. Scattered amongst these cells are the skeletal bodies of three of Maplebrook's missing children. Another hallway leads into the final chamber of this shrine, a sprawling antechamber full of tables and crates. Red lights pulse on the walls, and in the center of the room is a large stone table. On the table is Caleb. He lays lifeless on the table. A quick examination by the party reveals that he has been drained of blood, and there are two small puncture wounds in his neck. They prepare to remove him when Sir hagen quickly detects that there is a powerful magic in the altar itself that would destroy the body if it were moved too far from the location. The tables around the room are covered in bare spots in the dust, suggesting that whatever equipment was on the tables had been removed quickly. The door on the far wall that was barred before is now wide open. Evidently, whoever was here had just narrowly managed to escape. The only thing remaining in this room is a small note, a sort of contract, signed by King Amphibious, allowing whomever was here to have exclusive access of this cave in exchange for, quote, the power you seek. They also managed to capture a small bat-like creature that was skulking around behind some boxes. Defeated, 
The party exits the cave only to notice flashing lights and the sound of a struggle coming from the king's tent. The party rushes in to see what is going on and comes upon a frightening sight. King Amphibious lay on the ground, beaten and bloody. Standing over him is a tall, slender figure in a black cape. In its hands, three silvery bolts of magic swirl. The figure turns to notice the heroes, and it is at that time that they notice it is wearing a full face mask and has glowing, burning red eyes. Episode 6 The silvery bolts of magic fly from the creature's hand, blasting the party backwards and smashing through the side of the hut. The figure runs and the heroes give chase. The party peppers it as they run, even managing to lob a spear squarely into its back, which seemingly does not manage to slow it down at all. After a lengthy and exhausting chase, it manages to evade the heroes and vanish into the swamp. The party returns to question Amphibious, only to find him being tended to by a one-eyed bullywug, the same one that evaded them during the raid on Silas's cart. Before the others even have the chance to question him, Craig suspects that the red crystal around his neck has something to do with everything that's been going on, and attempts to take it. Almost reflexively, Amphibious smacks his hand away before going right back to whining in pain. The whole party, now convinced that the amulet is dangerous, attempts to intimidate Amphibious to get the necklace away from him. The jewel begins to glow, and almost as if struck by a jolt of electricity, Amphibious's head twitches and he suddenly becomes enraged. Sahagandaz very quickly attempts to use his mage hand to remove the pendant, but he does not manage to tear it off. Amphibious leaps out of the hut and begins to screech toward the sky, the sound echoing through the forest all around. Clay attempts to keep him contained long enough for Craig and Sahagandaz to come up with a plan, and they do. Bringing back a technique from earlier, Craig manages to use prestidigitation to rust the pendant's chain, while Sahagandaz reaches another mage hand up to grab it. This time, thanks to the rust making the chain brittle, the mage hand snaps the chain, flinging the jewel away from Amphibious and into the mud. As quickly as it had begun, it was over. Amphibious crumpled to a heap on the ground with no idea what had just happened. Moments later, a massive toad leaps into the compound, ready to fight before being called off by Amphibious. He admits that he made a pact with a mysterious man, promising the man use of the shrine in exchange for being made king. Amphibious truly had no idea what was going on in the cave. He simply wanted more respect in the village beyond being a humble pig tender. The old king publicly pardons Amphibious in return for his abdication and the return of the crown to the rightful king. Of course, this long, impassioned speech is delivered entirely in the language of the Bullywugs, which to the party just sounds like a lot of croaking and burping. The Bullywug king thanks the heroes and offers the full support of the Bullywugs in the investigation of the missing children. As an apology, Amphibious offers his toad, Monsieur Croak, to ferry them back to town. On the road back, the party encounters the playful Pebble Sprites again, who refresh and heal the party as they travel. They also encounter the one-eyed Bullywug astride a giant frog who is evidently skipping town. He stares at the party murderously, but moves on his way, disappearing into the forest. Clay, Craig, and Sir Hagendaz return to the town late at night to find the mayor still in the square, waiting for them to return. They deliver the bad news, which, though tragic, comes as a small comfort to Wendell. At least now they know for sure what happened. 
He says they'll reconvene in the morning to speak to Gwen, and they part ways. Before the party manages to return to the inn, they are confronted in the street again by the mysterious masked figure. It approaches them menacingly, flames burning in its hands. It prepares a massive fireball to launch at them, but for some reason it doesn't manage to leave its hand. The figure ignites and begins to burn by its own fire. It charges the heroes, but collapses before it can reach them. Craig decides to stab it for good measure, learning that the creature's entire body is made of straw. Clay ignites the body with their tinderbox, causing it to burn away to nothing. The next morning, the party meets with the mayor to tell Gwen the bad news. They meet at Gwen's house, and the mayor requests to see her first to soften the blow. Wendell goes inside, and almost immediately, hysterical crying is heard from the house. Clay, Craig, and Sir hagen head inside to see if there's anything that can be done to help. What they see when they get inside is a very strange sight. Gwen is hunched over, facing away, sobbing. Wendell stands in the corner, crying as well. That isn't the strange part. The strange part is that Wendell is smiling, beaming even. Gwen's crying begins to sound less sad and more gleeful. Gwen shifts her position, revealing that in her arms she is holding her son, Caleb, the very same child who was killed in the Bullywug Caves. And he is very much alive. Episode 7 The mayor ushers the party outside and thanks them profusely, preparing to congratulate them. Immediately, the party reveals to him that Caleb died in the cave, and he has trouble believing them. Craig peers into his thoughts, trying to see if he knows something he isn't letting on. He finds no evidence, finding that he's just very confused at all this. After some coaxing, he agrees to trust them. So hagen tricks Gwen into thinking he's a doctor and takes Caleb to examine him, trying to find evidence that he is not the same Caleb as before. Craig spends the same time getting closer to Gwen, trying to see if he can find a way to tell her what they know. Clay heads to Silas's workshop to return his stolen wrench. Clay speaks with Silas and they bond over their mutual love of fine craftsmanship as well as their negative charisma modifiers. Silas can think of no better reward than to just let Clay take the massive wrench. He mentions that it supposedly has a magic property of some kind and asks only that Clay put it to better use than he would. Sir hagen plays some games in the square to try to ask Caleb how he feels and get information out of him. Caleb is unhelpful so Sir hagen begins to escort him back home. Quickly before they get inside he manages to get a hold of Caleb to inspect his neck finding that the puncture wounds are no longer there. Clay meets the mayor in the square, and in an attempt to cheer him up, Clay asks for a tour of the town. The mayor takes them to a secret room in back of the meeting house, which turns out to be his personal wine cellar. Wendell offers Clay a drink, but they both decide against it. He confides in Clay that he doesn't know what to believe, and Clay does their best to comfort him. Craig steps outside of Gwen's house to confront Caleb with Sir hagen Craig attempts to use magical suggestion to learn from Caleb's mouth how he feels. Caleb responds to him, saying, I'm feeling a little attacked, a bit uncomfortable, and I want to go in. Caleb then proceeds inside, shutting the door behind him. Craig realizes that his spell actually did not work. Caleb answered on his own accord, and that something somehow blocked his magic. 
episode 8. Craig attempts to detect Caleb's thoughts, but instead confirms that his magic is being actively blocked by the young boy. The party meets up again to discuss their findings, deciding on their best course of action. Craig borrows some wine from the mayor, intending to try to have a night in with Gwen, so he can keep an eye on Caleb and make sure he doesn't try anything. He puts on an impromptu performance in an attempt to get Gwen and Caleb out into public, but is unsuccessful. Instead, Craig resigns himself to hide in a tree near Gwen's house to keep a lookout, and maybe get some day drinking in. Clay and Sir Hagendaz set out with the mayor back to the Bullywug village to show him the evidence they found in the hidden shrine. They arrive at the village to find that the king has wasted no time putting the Bullywugs to work. Already construction and renovations have begun, making the muddy little village look more and more civilized by the hour. The king greets them with open arms and agrees to lead them into the cave to help them investigate. They find the statue corridor looking quite the same, though the statue itself is closed up and seemingly unopenable. Clay decides to consult the homunculus they captured earlier, hoping it will instinctively find its way inside. Sir Hagendaz fashions a leash out of the magical flowers that grow in his beard, and they release it. It leads Sir Hagendaz into the mouth of a statue, where it passes through an illusory wall into a tunnel that leads into the hidden shrine. Sir Hagendaz explores the entire shrine, finding that all the bodies of the children have vanished, and no evidence remains. He returns to Clay and reveals the bad news, and they all set out for Maplebrook again, this time bringing back Caleb's bullywog friend Mikhail, in the hopes that he can tell them what's wrong with Caleb. The three head back to Gwen's house to try to interrogate Caleb with Mikhail's help. Craig, now considerably drunk, sees Caleb through his bedroom window and decides it's time to take action. He turns invisible and sneaks inside while Sir Hagendaz distracts Gwen outside. Craig makes it up to Caleb's room and catches him rehearsing phrases and gestures to himself in a mirror. Convinced that this is not Caleb, Craig acts. He launches a volley of magic missiles at the boy. Caleb charges Craig, who attempts to paralyze him, failing. Caleb smirks and begins to scream for his mother. Gwen comes rushing in, causing Craig to flee outside. He removes his invisibility and charges back in, asking what's wrong. Caleb points at Craig and begins screaming harder, which causes Gwen to go into a frenzy. She pushes Craig away and Clay rushes in to break up the conflict, inadvertently terrifying Gwen in the process. The mayor drops everything and charges inside. Craig paralyzes him before he gets inside, causing Gwen to panic even more. Out of options, Craig begins to drunkenly tell Gwen that her son is dead and that whatever that creature is upstairs is not her son and is too dangerous to be around, admitting that he attacked Caleb to save her. Unable to process all this, Gwen tells everyone that they should leave immediately, and the mayor, now functional again, agrees. The party explains everything to Wendell, the straw man, the mysterious crystal amulet, the dead children, everything. After a moment, the mayor simply says... This is too much. This is too much for me. This is too much for my village. We don't have the resources here to deal with all this. But I think I know someone who might. 